0: Okay,
1: how was how was a band playing free shows like lame? But at Disneyland
0: or downtown, not even at Disneyland. At in no, they Disney.
1: they played in Disneyland before. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. They played in Tomorrowland on the stage. Oh over shit! There. No, Are you didn't. kidding me? I've seen them there. You're getting hysterical. I'm not right getting hysterical. I, I just heard you. You're I've you're seen hysterical. Legends like six times. Once at Downtown Disney or at Disneyland. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go!
0: my finalized notes. Alright. Uh, Welcome to Asinine Radio, welcome to our album of the week. This is a a good one. This is one that Jeff has been wanting to do for a very, very long time. Uh, But before we get into that album, uh, just remember to go to iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe to us there, or follow us on social media at Asinine Radio, or just send us an email asinineradio at gmail.com. But now that we're done with that fun little intro, let's get into the album of the week. Do uh, you want to intro, intro this one, Jeff? Because this is kind of your baby. Yeah, this, this is your week. Whoa. It's yeah, so
1: we're in the midst of ska season, or skisin', as we like to call it here in the pod. And um, all this week, I've only listened to ska music and Ashes in the Fall by Rage Against the Machine. But that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> so what a the week. The only music i listened to this week is ska. That's it. Nothing else. And I kid you not. Like, It's ridiculous. And I'm sad. not even tired of it. That's the problem. Like I don't I I don't understand how anybody could get tired of ska be. music. I just don't. I don't get it. You should be. But anyway, we are doing this week, in my opinion, the best ska specifically like third wave, punk, Orange County, Southern California, ska album of all time by the Aquabats, Fury of the Aquabats.
0: The Aquabats, formed in 1994 in Huntington Beach, California, by Christian Jacobs, Chad Larson, and Boyd Terry. They currently have five albums, two EPs, and two compilations. The Fury of the Aquabats is the album we're doing today, and it's the band's second album, and it was released October 28, 1997. It features Christian Jacobs on vocals, Corey Pollack on guitars, Charles Gray on guitars as well, Boyd Terry on trumpet, Adam Daybert DiBert on trumpet and synth, Randall Briggs on saxophone and clarinet, and Chad or Chad Larson on bass, and Travis Barker on drums. So there you go.
1: I'm surprised you read them all. That was good.
0: I know, yeah, but I had to read them
1: all. You did not read them their all. real names though. You read their their stage names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's that.
0: So, let's let, let's jump right in. What what are what are our initial I, thoughts? Everybody everybody's, on the Fury of everybody's waiting.
1: Everybody knows my thoughts. Everybody knows what's going to happen here. What we don't what we well, don't really know. Waiting, everybody's waiting. That's fine. They're chomping at nobody's the bit waiting. here. They're biting their nails. They're at the Nobody edge of their at seats. The bit. They're waiting.
0: Nobody's at the edge of their seat. Nobody's waiting. What
1: we need to know is what are your initial thoughts of this album? <sighs>
0: Now, I'm not a big ska man like you. I'm not as big of a skaman as you. I couldn't bring myself to listen to Ska all week. I, that would just drive me absolutely insane. Uh, I did listen to this album three That's times. It. That means you didn't give that, it a one, That was, a was enough, that was right enough. There, no maximum. No, that was that was enough for me. That was that was enough for me. Enough for me. I just I can't it's it's too ska music is just so specific and it's too it's very specific to a, a generation and a time. And it's just like, it it's only for people who live during that time and like this kind of music at that specific time. Like nobody nowadays, no 20-year-old or 18-year-old is going to find the Aquabats or find like Old Goldfinger, Less Than Jake, whatever, and think, oh, this is like fucking amazing music. Most people getting into music aren't going to do that. It's very specific to that time period of the 90s. So, so it's
1: so bad? I, or I I think I I, No,
0: I think it's great. I, I'm just defending, you know i this that's one of the reasons why i can't i just i can't listen to too much ska because it's just kind of the same thing every band is kind of just the same thing unless they add elements of like more rock music or punk music like goldfinger did suicide machines did and stuff like that but straightforward ska it's good but i'm not gonna just like go crazy for it
1: well specifically we'll say like third wave ska
0: well, yeah, th- yeah, of course. That's what I'm referring okay. to. Third wave ska. For
1: the purpose of this podcast, we'll, we'll refer, when we say ska, we are just saying third. We are referring mostly to third wave ska because that's probably going to be the topic of conversation throughout this rest of this album review.
0: Yeah, but no, I, I do I do really like this album a lot, not just because Travis Barker's in it, but I, I think it, it is one of the 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 best ska records out there, up there with Goldfinger, and that's really it. Honestly, Goldfinger back then and Aquabats did, did ska the best. Lesson Jake did a really good job too. Five Iron Frenzy did a great job. Muster Plug did a pretty decent job. But yeah, continue though.
1: Um, that was that was good. I mean, that's that's all. So David Jaffe out, and we'll call it a day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. No, but the, the Aquabats do have a really cool history. I like their history a lot, and how they why they actually formed. What I thought it was kind of a cool story.
1: But like.
0: But obviously yeah, your initial thoughts are you fucking love this and you would I don't even know. Marry yeah, so
1: can. I mean my initial thoughts is it's it's weird. I've never been to an Aquabat show. I just every time I've I've wanted to go, it's always been like, well, I don't have my I don't have my getup. I don't have my costume, I haven't made anything yet. So that I would put it off. <laughs> that has never been a dilemma for <laughs> there three <laughs> no, it has been bullshit. Three occasions since I was oh, like seventeen. That.
0: Because you didn't have this, a costume. I just, I, Because you want to go with oh bullshit,
1: bullshit. I'm telling you the truth here. (laughs) There's been three specific occasions that I've wanted to go that I didn't, and the last one was with a friend of the pod, David Shady. It was like three or four years ago. He's like, "Oh, I'm going to go to the show." I was like, "Well, I really want to go, but I don't have anything to wear, so I I really can't go." Which (laughs) sounds like a stupid thing to do, but it's
0: if you well, especially coming from you. Considering you are not a fashionista, I want the full effect though, and
1: <laughs> I want to be part of the show. I don't want to just go to the show. I want to be part. That's what the Aquabats do: is they make everybody part of the show. They are the show. The Aquabats are just there to supplement. The crowd is the show. The show is the show. That's a good point. But anyway, point. as far as as far as like third wave ska is concerned in Orange County, like there is no better, just straight up ska band than the Aquabats. Later on in their career, they kind of got away from it a little bit and kind of dove more into like the punk scene you can kind of hear it in yeah. this album a little bit and in, in various songs at various times but man there is just nothing better than the fury of the aquabats and it's crazy because i mean this is get it out of the way because one of like the big jokes is anybody who says or mentions like travis barker or blink 182 or the aquabats Inevitably, it comes up as like a like a flex thing. Like, hey, did you know Travis Barker was in the Aquabats? So we'll just get that out of the way. Travis Barker in the Aquabats, couple to like two and a half years. His name was Ver- Baron von Tito. Played the drums, phenomenal drummer in the Aquabats. Eventually left to go play for Blink. That's it. I don't want to talk about Travis anymore.
0: What <laughs> Travis is is an integral
1: part of the this. Only time up. His drumming on it, he fucking the kills only it other on the time. I record. want to talk about Travis's drumming is when I refer to him as just either Baron Von Tito or just Baron. the drummer and talk about the drumming. I don't want to talk about Travis at all because that's it's 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 been played, it's I been do. done. Like everybody, that, that's all everybody wanna... talks about is just Travis Barker's irritating. That's all we're talking about now. But I'm gonna move on. So <laughs> it is cruel because the first album compared to this one, um, the first album was a lot slower. That, the That It's weird, because the first album was called Return of the Aquabats, and this one's called The Fury of the Aquabats. The first album was a lot slower, not quite as fast-paced, and that's because of Baron Von Tito, and I think the Mm -hmm. band can keep up, but the drummer for the first album, which I don't know who it was, I don't remember, but because Baron Von Tito kills at the drums, like you said, they can actually play faster music, and it's kind of more reminiscent of that punk scene in Southern California at the time. And so I do agree yeah, that this was very kind of time. It's like a timepiece.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's very stuck in this genre, in this genre. But
1: I think that if you just, if you just get past that and just look at the Aquabats as just a novelty act, they become timeless.
0: Yeah, no, they, that's completely what they are. They, they put on a show. It's, it's more about the show and the music takes the back seat.
1: But their music still kills. Exactly. That's like that, That's the that's the part that blows my mind the most is these guys knew from the beginning that they wanted to become an, uh, a novelty act, became a novelty act, and are still a novelty act, and even have like off sh- offshoots or side projects that are still just as goofy. But the music stands also by itself, like the soundtrack to these shows and everything. You can listen to them by themselves, and they're mm-hmm. still great
0: there um i did want to ask what are your bangers cuz uh, clearly you have no stinkers that's a no given, i have right?
1: no stinkers i i'd rather just say my my three songs i think are just okay that i i usually could do without so idiot okay. box powdered milkman and phantasma del mar those are the three songs i think are are okay
0: okay thank god none of those are my faves are my bangers um
1: powdered milkman i think i think it's it's um, interesting because that's—I don't know if it—I don't know if it, I don't know if it still story. is, but that was like their big-time villain, the Powdered Milk Man. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he tries to spoil breakfast for all children, and so that's who—that's who, that's who <laughs> they would fight. There would be times where he would come out with like a, like one of those milk, like big, like metal milk jug things, and spray the audience with with powdered milk, or I, I probably wasn't powdered it's milk, so... but something.
0: Yeah, and and the fact that the song talks about. Yeah, he when he grew up, he he grew up on a dairy farm and only drank powdered milk. Even though he grew up on a dairy farm, and that's why he's the villain because he thought because it's it was a horrible childhood growing up because he was forced to drink that powder, powdered milk. So that's why right. he's the villain. Well, I he, thought it was it was the stupidest but most fun story backstory. Is so the Aquabats
1: great. also have their own TV show and they just kind of reimagined it, re- restarted it last year. And they're still doing new episodes. The Aquabat Super Show. And another backstory for the powdered milk man was he, he was on a – he did grow up in a dairy farm. But because of like the depression and wherever they were, they they were forced to buy powdered milk or like drink powdered milk instead of regular milk because it was cheaper. And that's what set him off as a child being like, wow, we're, we're going against everything that we did. Because he grew up on a dairy farm that was supposed to produce milk and they should be drinking fresh milk, but they drink powdered milk. <laughs> And that's what drove him to like madness because it was just so hypocritical and so stupid. Mm -hmm. But that's awesome. That's a a cool... That's a solid villain backstory. That's what a Bond villain needs to be. is a a kid who grew up on a dairy farm drinking powdered milk, and that's why he's pissed off.
0: It would make for a great movie, I'm sure.
1: But yeah, Powdered Milkman, Idiot Box, and uh, Phantasma (laughs) Del Mar are my three okay songs. Do you have... Well, Fantasma Del Mar is just a instrumental. But I don't. I don't think it's very good.
0: Ugh, whatever. Uh, I don't. I don't have any specific stinkers. They're all pretty much the same for me. Uh, but there are some standout songs. Like some of my bangers are super rad, which we already played. Uh, Magic Chicken I like. Uh, the Cat with Two Heads is probably my favorite. Uh, my Skateboard's really good, and then the the song called Theme Song. That's a really good. one. Okay, so let's
1: let's let, let's get super rad done with because we already played it and so there, there's a lot of good things there's a lot of good parts in that and there's a music video for it that we can kind of get into did you watch the music video? I actually so did mu- so the music video it was the only music video they had but the music video is very much like the Aquabat Super Show very bootleg it's like a high school kid would shoot it but uh, it features the Finstein or Cyclopfenstein mm-hmm. which is basically Muno from Yo Gabba Gabba if you know okay. are you following a little bit? Like the big yeah, yeah, red yeah. Cyclops. Oh yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. It was about. but that that the that person was play the Cyclopfenstein is named after Scott Klopfenstein. Klopfenstein. <laughs> Dude, that's a weird last name. k l o p s t e i n But he's the uh he, he's yeah. one of the guys from Real Big Fish, right? One of like the founding members of Real Big Fish. Oh, okay. Um, so he's actually in the video as the, as the Cyclop Finstein. So that's kind of cool that, that they're all kind of in the same scene, which they were and they're all friends. But I think my favorite part of super is that like squirrely little bass line that goes out throughout the song.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. There's a lot of cool, like, I mean, I feel like the bass play to me, the bass plane and then Travis is drumming. I'm going to say Travis cause I don't give a shit because you can't tell me what to do. But, uh, yeah, I, I there's so many parts on this record where they they just shine so much, but I mean I mean the singer's really good too. I mean he's really fun and he's super catchy. But the bass and the the drums, it's a great rhythm section. Great great rhythm section.
1: I agree. Uh, I mean Baron von Tito brings brings that that little spice yeah. to it, that little something extra, and he's like just going back and forth from the first album to this album. It's like. I don't mean it's like day and night, dude. It's just like listening to fucking. I can't even. I can't even think of of a band. Maybe like the Offspring in their early albums, where like they, they were still good, but then they released Smash, and it was just like mind blowing.
0: <laughs>
1: that, okay. I, that, okay. More more Orange County stuff for you, I guess. But I don't know, man. Like Baron von Tito is just absolutely slays at the drums. What and he and he does this thing where he does like that double count on the snare all the time. Yeah, I I can't get enough of it. Like I love that. That's like my favorite thing on the album as a whole. Like, every time he does that, that double tap, love it, love it.
0: Hey man, he's a he's a killer drummer, and we've talked about that plenty on the pod before. But yeah, he he kills it even in this way back then when he's playing like like straightforward ska music. He fucking kills it. It's great. But I you know I like uh, okay. Well, let me say this: the lyrics on this record. I mean, you and I both talked about this. But there's, like, nothing deep about it. It's just straight fun, and it's just them... In certain songs, it's just them telling a dumb backstory. And then, from what I read, too, they... Like, throughout the years, they've constantly contradicted themselves with their backstory. So they've tried to find ways to kind of fix their contradictions, and it's all really ridiculous and stupid. But it's a lot of fun, and, I mean, the, the song Super Red is... All it's just about super rad aliens coming down to Earth to take over and they're just doing rad things. They're not like destroying anything. They're just doing really rad things. So it's it's a really dumb song, but I love it. It's good stuff.
1: No, oh, you're right. Every every song you can pretty much understand what's going on just based off the title. Yeah. Like straight up. Even even exactly, like Magic yeah. Chicken and Captain Hamptons and the Midget Pirates. But but uh what was it? The Cat With Two Heads has my favorite line of the whole album, and that's, that's when he talks about pet one kitty's head and then pet the other kitty's head. I, <laughs> I, I, dude, I crack up every single time. I think that's the funniest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah,
0: this is, this is probably my favorite song, The Cat With Two Heads. I, should, should I just play it? Yeah. Okay. Cat With Two Heads by The Aquabats. song has the catchiest chorus in the whole album i love it's it so, so much
1: because it's so almost almost like <clears throat> b movie horror movie like vocals right i know Ooh, <laughs> so <laughs> stupid
0: uh, and just the the whole the dialogue just the the part that you said the Petting of the two heads—it's just so stupid. I just can't wrap my head
1: around just how dumb it is to think that, like, it it takes just as much time to pet one kitty's head and then move to the next kitty as just petting one kitty's head. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. And and there's artwork in the album for this. It is actually a cat, not like a cat dog type of like wiener dog thing with a head on each side. It's just two-headed cat. I don't know if like you if you thought the other thing, but. (laughs) Yeah,
0: almost like a Cerberus, exactly. but with two heads instead of three. Yeah. Oh, that's great! It's a great song. Um, so, what's another so, banger for uh, you? On my this old
1: one? favorite song for like the longest time used to be "Story of Nothing." Like just for decades, okay. uh, up until maybe like a couple years ago, actually, that was like my favorite song. I, I listened to this album probably once every month, maybe month and a half for the past like fifteen years. <laughs> And and the That's story of insanity. nothing used to be my favorite just because I love the way it starts off. It just kicks right into it. And again, Baron Vontito's drumming is absolutely, it's super tight. It's super technical, but it's still kind of simple. And it just shows you that he can do this. He can do this all the time if he wanted to, but he chooses not to. And it's irritating still. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't know, cause they did remaster it kind of and like rework this album. I don't know if Spotify has like the original or if it has the remastered. I'm assuming it probably has the remastered, even though it doesn't say it's remastered. But probably. I think that the snare has a really nice crack to it. It has like a really good oh, really good pop. It.
0: Yeah. I I think the production on this is, is like perfect nineties punk production. With the with the pic- the high piccolo snare that he uses, or that a lot of bands use, especially in uh in pop punk and ska music, they always use that the piccolo snare and uh yeah and just everything just sounds like it's not mushed together like it's not compressed i mean that's essentially that's one way of explaining it and i know how much you hate when i say that but this is a perfect example of a of an album that is not that you know where you can hear every instrument individually and it just i don't know it sounds so every everything kind of is as is set at its own level in the mix but they still it's everything's still prominent it's just i don't know i love this style of uh, production 90s pro- the, the 90s probably had the best style of production out of any decade we've seen
1: i think i think that's like a like a like a generational thing too i think they coming out of the 80s and the silliness of like hair metal and, and things like yeah. that they because, wanted I to mean, dumb it down and then grunge hit it. yeah and i, I I think that's just a product of, I mean, they had the capabilities to do what you hate. They just chose not to.
0: True. I guess that's true because, I mean, if you get a band like Turnstile on that first record, the, what is a nonstop feeling?
1: Is that the record? I think so.
0: Yeah. On that record, that's, that record sounds like it comes straight out of the 80s, like the late 80s, like hardcore scene. So, I mean, it, it goes to show like you could still make records sound like how they used to. But just nobody doesn't. Everybody wants to sound the same in the studio. Like the producers only want to do a very specific style of sound to the rock to rock music. Yeah, and it's a shame. It sucks, man. It really sucks. Nobody wants to mess around with that. It's
1: unfortunate. That's just I mean, that's anyway. just where we're at, I guess.
0: Yeah. It just bums me out because I know because it's like I listen to a record that like a new record that comes out and I think oh my god this would it sound, this sounds great the music's great but imagine how much better I think to myself how imagine how much better it would be if it was mixed differently or if it was they use like a different kind of drum tone or or they turn the drums down or you know it's just like but everything has to be so loud and I hate that so much I hate it.
1: But Maybe that's why you don't like ska music that much maybe because with that many members in a band like realistically you don't you don't need like three guitarists, two trumpeters a couple trombones like you don't you don't need all these people but what the aquabats kind of do because they do have two guitarists in here and what they kind of do is that when somebody's not like at the forefront then either they're not playing at all or it's so low that it just is providing kind of like a metronome to everybody else I imagine it like if if I'm putting it in like simple terms, like a line, a line of people like shoulder to shoulder, and when it's your turn, you step forward and then step back, and then somebody steps forward and steps back, and that's kind of what they do. But you hear mm-hmm. like a lot of other ska bands, and you got like four guys stepping forward at the same time, and then a fifth guy steps forward, two step back, and it's just there's no there's no like give and take. It's like everybody wants to always kind of be like the loudest. Everybody wants to be in the front. Everybody wants to be heard, and it kind of just yeah. makes for this shitty orchestra sound when you're not an orchestra yeah, when you're not it's classically like train it just, it just sounds like shit
0: yeah it just sounds like mush and that's, that's what the Aquabats the kill
1: it at is, 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 is they know when to just like shut the fuck up like it, it's okay yeah but that could also but be another from ba- another band
0: at the time that did it really well was Goldfinger Goldfinger's records in the 90s they were, they were very much the same sounding as this like what Feldman was doing in the 90s was, was perfect
1: but Goldfinger it was absolutely perfect Goldfinger never had eight people in their band I know, but
0: I but I'm saying this they played the same style of music and they still had the two guitar players and all that kind of stuff. But it was still I thought back then it was still mixed great it was still produced wonderfully and it just sounded great.
1: Yeah, I mean that, and that's why Goldfinger stood withstood the test of time, right? I mean they I guess John Feldman still makes music but you know whatever. <laughs> as Goldfinger As Goldfinger's yeah. Goldfinger Yes. But um what were we talking about before this?
0: Uh, I have no idea. Uh Story oh, we were of talking Nothing about the cow with two heads. Story of nothing. There you go.
1: Yeah. So I mean there's only like I would like to play all of these songs, but if we if I had to like choose, there'd be let's, like let's four. play some more. So Story of Nothing I for sure want to play because I just absolutely love I love this song I love his vocals. They're really like squirrely and girly and kinda of dorky and silly and it's like a love story and it's oh it's so good. It's so cute.
0: Let's do it. Suck yet, so here's story of nothing. It is the story of nothing by the Aquabats, killer song, killer song. Oh my! God. I like how he so how he just kind of like makes fun of himself for cr- for crying
1: about it.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so self deprecating. I love it. Yeah, it's great.
1: that's um, damn, it's so good. I, it's it's it pains me too just because it's Baron Von Tito was like twenty years old when at like nineteen. Wait, who? Baron Von Tito. Travis Barker. Uh, I don't. I'm not for sure. I'm. Not, I don't know his stage name. I just know his real name. Baron von Tito was like 18 or 19 when he joined, and then this album came out, and he was like fucking 21. And it's just it's unbelievable it's to me to that about. a 21 like remember we were 21 like what the fuck we were doing?
0: We were doing a shit ton of nothing. Story going to Europe, but that was about it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point.
1: Although I mean, we did do a lot of fun <laughs> stuff. It's just we were never
0: nothing productive.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> that's come. I mean, come on, seriously. I also read somewhere too that
1: after Baron von Tito left, Chris and Jacobs or Travis MC Bat Commander, he uh he was pretty he was pretty upset about it, and and
0: oh for years, like to was. the
1: to the point where he was like actually mad at Baron von Tito, which is a totally understandable. Like I get it. Like he left kind of abruptly, but you can't like, you can't get mad at somebody for kind of following their dreams. I think we've talked about this before too, but yeah it's like everybody's kind of at fault here it was probably a shitty way to leave but at the same time like i like you can't expect him to stay there forever if he sees potential in something else but one thing i did read that it kind of upset me was an interview like circa like 2004 ish baron von tito said that he doesn't really listen to anything aquabats ever put out <laughs> i was like that's kind of that's kind of, <laughs> of shitty dude that's a little fight that's kind of like a bitch move to me
0: Yeah. And I, in his book, in Travis Barker's book, he, uh, he talks about his, uh, his time in the Aquabats and how he joined the band. And in the book, he, he, he does say, I'd never really heard of them. I'd heard of them, but not their music really. And I just kind of joined because, you know, I, I wanted to just play drums. And so I learned all their songs and I played and they made me dress up in a costume. He just talked about it. Like it was just like, whatever and all he would talk about like was like yeah i'd be on stage and i'd lock eyes with a girl while i was playing drums and then pretty much saying yeah i'd go have sex with her after the show and then um in the book there's an excerpt from uh from mc bat commander he had travis had him write a passage for his book and he pretty much just talks about how pissed off he was at travis and how he refused to even acknowledge travis for years after he had uh, quit the band just because he was so pissed off at him but how he had eventually forgiven him and said, you know, I, I would have done the same thing if I had been put in that situation to join to join blink. But yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: God, he's just such an asshole.
0: <laughs> Travis Barker is like one of the most uninteresting people. Like i I always kind of thought that. And then once I read his book, it really solidified that, that idea that the dude has like almost zero personality and he's just, he's so fucking boring. And, He's not funny, and I don't understand why people like him so much. I just don't understand that at all.
1: I, I think at this point now he's he's become like this institution in the drumming world. Where well,
0: he also knew how to how to he was he he is a really good entrepreneur, and he knows how to market a br- his brand like really really well. Yeah, exactly. And he's been and doing that since the '90s with Famous.
1: That's where it is now. Is is that he's now this this name in drumming and because he's he's spanned so many different genres anybody that wants to collaborate with any kind of drummer the first person you're going to think of is Travis Barker, Baron Von Tito.
0: Do you know the, do you know what do you know the first thing he did that where he branched out and like actually became really famous outside of it was uh P Diddy. Remember he was in that that P Diddy video?
1: Which one? Uh oh. Was it P Diddy, I, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, whatever? No, it was, was P
0: Diddy. It was P P Diddy. It was like two thousand three or maybe two thousand two, and he was in that music video where like uh, P Diddy's like up on the, on top of a roof, and there's like a bar- backyard barbecue going on. Oh, I do And Travis Barker's that. there playing drums. That was the video, and Travis says in his book that was the video that really made his whole brand take off that's when everybody started recognizing him and after that video was when people started asking him to play on their records or be in their music videos or play at the vmas with them it was that particular video
1: what an asshole
0: right like of all the lame rappers to actually get taken off from it's fucking p diddy p diddy's like the lamest of the lame in the hip-hop community
1: bad boys for life though i don't know (sighs) no it's bad i don't know we ain't go win no, it's wait. that
0: song. It's that song.
1: That was 2003?
0: Yes, it, it was it was early, early 2000s. Might have been oh one. Might have been 2001. I don't know. Mm. That song sucks.
1: But. What? Hold on a second. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> that song does not suck. That song sucks, dude. No. That song sucks. No. I I, I hope, told you it sucks. I hope in the new uh, Bad Boys film with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, because it's called oh Bad Boys God. for Life. They... They'll, they'll probably I play hope because people love this song. I hope that's like the fucking theme song. I will lose my shit. Dude. I will, I will go nuts. I don't even know what I'll do. I don't know.
0: So you're actually going to see the new Bad Boys?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm <laughs> there's there there's only a select movies. There's only a select amount of movie that I will see like opening night, and that's generally hmm. Star Wars, and that's pretty Indiana much Indiana Jones.
0: You'd see Indiana. We saw Indiana Jones at midnight. Did we? Yeah, we did, and we almost walked out. Remember?
1: I've come you to appreciate so it. I, I've come to appreciate it more now. But Star, oh yeah, same here. It's Star, not Wars, as as I Star Wars. for sure is is like the only consistent one. And then and the like the past recent years, I'll see pretty much anything Shia LaBeouf is in. That's so weird. Because I I love Shia LaBeouf, love Shia LaBeouf. But now I
0: mean I like I'm, him too, but not midnight showing. I would I, I would I probably like
1: see much. Bad Boys for Life at midnight. If they have a midnight showing or I'll just wait till the next day. But I'm definitely going to see it like opening weekend. The earliest. (sighs) You do you, boo,
0: I guess. Whatever. Anyway, anyway, back to the fury of the Aquabats by the Aquabats. By the Aquabats. What, what's what's another, what's another banger for you on this one?
1: My new favorite song. As as I, like I said, the past couple of years is uh, lobster bucket.
0: Yeah, you know that that was another one that that popped out on to me too. But a lot of it was because of the uh the name too. I like the na- I like the name Lob- lobster bucket. But
1: it's just a cool like kid song just about like helping homies help homies like from Adventure Time. That's what Finn says. Homies uh, help homies always. Yeah. That's what the song is about. It's just help people, but it's it's got this like cool Nollin's kind of sound to it. Mhm. And, like, like, it's, like, swing a little bit, and I I finally, like, realized that this song should replace the Splash Mountain theme song, and I would be uh, stoked. I don't know about that. That bullshit, that's, hello, how are you? How do you do? Like, th- it that's should be a good lo- song. It should be Lobster Bucket.
0: Oh, okay, let, let's listen to Lobster Bucket, and let's let people decide. So here it is from the Oculus. There's lobster bucket from the Aquabats. See, I I don't agree with you with the Splash Mountain thing. It's a great song, but it shouldn't replace the Splash Mountain song. Um, it should, but it shouldn't. So I'm gonna play the Splash Mountain song just so everybody. No, can hear that's it.
1: like that's got like cease and desist written all over it.
0: Honestly, I'll take I'll take the chance. That's no, the because place.
1: then they're gonna put the, take this one down.
0: Why would they take it down? I'll just repost it. I don't give a fuck. Only play twenty-nine seconds. Okay.
2: How do you do? Mighty pleasant great, how do you do? Same when you meet me, how do you do? With everyone repeatin', pretty really good choose your one. What goes up is sure to come out. A penny lost is a penny found.
0: Oh come on, that song's way better than to, it's way more fitting for Splash now Mountain than Now you're stuck in nostalgia
1: town now. That's what's no, going on here. Do you yeah. not hear
0: do you not hear that 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 Wee deep you. heavy bass voice? Boop, 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 but that boop Oh it's so good, that deep voice, the bass there. Oh, now, I, now, I love it.
1: Now you're stuck in this you're stuck in like like yesterday land. That's that's the new land <laughs> in Disneyland where you just go and, and talk about land. talk about how things used to be better.
0: Oh, because sometimes things used to be better. Not all things. Hitler wasn't great. Nazis weren't great. Isn't that weird how But like, some
1: things were better? I mean not like I mean, obviously we do it all the time. I'll I'll, 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 isn't that weird? Like the 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 generic kind of like um comparison that most people always compare things to is like Hitler.
0: Yeah, because it's the easiest. And people have no imagination. Like Well,
1: me. I think it's a good standard because kind of everybody know like even like Nick, he's ten, he knows a lot about Nazis. And like, how the fuck do you know like all about these Nazis? They don't teach you in school yet. He's like, oh, just like movies, videos, and stuff. So he puts himself to kind of, he puts it together himself. And so I think it's a good Hmm. kind of like standard that everybody knows. It sounds a lot like CIA propaganda right there.
0: How would a 10 year old just watching, by just watching movies and TV, know so much about it and already form an opinion on it.
1: Well, it's not. I mean, you can have an that opinion. That tells you
0: something. That's that's social. That's conditioning right there. It's social conditioning.
1: Absolutely. At its finest. He's a product of At his environment. Finest. We're all products of our environment. That's it. That's I all know. we can do.
0: As long as he learns to think outside the box. Not to say Nazis are good because they're not.
1: The but. only reason why I even know that France as a country even exists is because I've stepped foot on their soil. However, that 12-hour plane ride, I don't know where the fuck we went. <laughs> I'm not a pilot I don't even know if There was a pilot in there This was post 9-11 there, there might not have been This could have been We could,
0: we could, we could You have could been be circling. in the Truman Show I have
1: no idea You could have
0: been in the Truman Show You could you all could be in the, robots yeah, you
1: could, I have no idea
0: You could Okay You could have been flying for 12 hours And then during that 12 hours They could have rearranged The entire city of Orange County To make it seem like You're in a different city On the other side of the world Because In, in, in fact You are in the Truman Show
1: I have no idea Exactly You never know You're in the Jeff
0: Show you're in the Jeff show.
1: It'd be a boring show, it but... <laughs> yes, it'd be the Jeff show. But you're right. I mean, we're, we're, no. we're products of now, our environment wouldn't. here, so what do, you, what, do you want, what do you want from me? But this should replace the Splash Mountain theme song.
0: No, it should. Absolutely. Done deal.
1: And they should replace all the stupid rabbits in the forest and just make it like a beach theme and just put a bunch of lobsters everywhere and have them all dance. Dude, that's the worst. They can stand that on their little... That's worst look idea. At, look at <laughs> The lobsters can stand on their tails <laughs> and have their little claws up in the air meet, 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 and like... This
0: is the that's like the worst idea is to change that into a beach theme. You're already in the water. God, that's so
1: ugly. It's so ugly. And then change the uh, like the log to like a kayak.
0: Have you ever noticed like any sort of like beach scene on in a ride or like a, at like an amusement park or anything like that? Anything beach related is always really ugly and gross. False.
1: Ariel's ride in DCA Disney California Adventures is a phenomenal ride. But
0: that's that's not really a beach ride. That's underwater. That's an underwater. Uh, that's city.
1: a beach, bro.
0: No, it's not, bro. Yeah,
1: that's a beach.
0: If it's below water, it's not. But you a eventually beach come out like, of the water. That's like you that's like saying Finding times. Nemo is a be- is a, is a movie that t- takes place on a beach, which it does Correct. not. It takes place underwater and partially in an aquarium. You can still go underwater in a doctor's in the beach. office. I don't
1: know where Finding Nemo takes place. You know
0: exactly where it takes. I place. I don't because you've seen the movie. It takes place underwater in the deep ocean.
1: How do you know the ocean? I don't know how I don't know how deep the ocean is. I don't know how deep the fucking beach goes. I've only been out maybe a hundred yards.
0: But when it takes place when ninety-five percent of the movie takes place underwater, that's an underwater movie. That's not a beach movie. Yeah, it's
1: an underwater movie at the beach. <laughs> You're an idiot. I hate you. <laughs> Truth. The
0: stupidest this is the this is one of the dumbest tangents we've ever been on. This on the podcast. Is, This is
1: what happens when like lyrically there's not a whole lot to dive into. <laughs> I mean, we can get into, like... So we talk about the most inane oh, yeah. things in the Absolutely. world? Absolutely. I mean, we can get into more of, of, of the members, because I, I got some stuff written here about the members and and things. All right.
0: We'll get into some of that. What do you got?
1: Uh, So, like, the one I couldn't find a whole lot about is is Ultra Q. That's Charles Gray, as his stage name would be. But Ultra Kiyu, he plays guitar. There wasn't a whole lot of info I could find on him, except that he left the Aquabats in like the late nineties supposedly to pursue a career in opera in new york
0: oh that's interesting
1: i think as a singer or like a stagehand that was it that's like all i could find i I don't even know Mm -hmm. if that's true or not but that's that's like all i could find on, on that dude
0: have you ever seen the uh that thing that loudwire does on youtube the factor fiction yeah the wikipedia factor fiction i think that's like such a great idea it's a it's a perfect idea. Talking to musicians about their Wikipedia page and finding out what's what's real and not real. I it's a genius idea.
1: I I agree that I like that idea, but only on certain things. Like with with like the Aquabats because there's so much lore, and like you brought up earlier, how their their backstory kind of changes because they went through like a huge lineup change after in like the late nineties, early two thousands, to the point where they actually kind of like erased their original backstory of being from the land of like aqua what the fuck was
0: aquatania or something aqua yeah aquatania or aqua aquabania aquabania that's what it was something like is aquabania yeah Yeah.
1: basically they're like originally they were supposed to be bat creatures from this tropical island called aquabania but later on they changed the story to just basically a group of freelance superheroes
0: yeah actually before before we get more into their backstory which i do want to get into well i mean this is their backstory but the the song theme song is one of my favorite and this song does talk about their backstory this is where they came from so i'm I'm gonna play a little bit of the song because we got time so here it is theme song great song so i love the surf inspired music with their their like their backstory it's it's great good stuff
1: yes correct that last part was like the best part of the song though when he transitioned to the fast part with the duh, duh. it's good
0: it's really good stuff but yeah if you, if you weren't listening to the lyrics we'll fill in the gaps for you so basically that that song talks about how they were just living on this little island this little deserted island They all they did was surf eat and just hang out but they had to leave because some invaders from planet m came so they left the island they came to the land of smog in a hollowed out log and when they came to california or the land of smog there was they came across a professor who gave them superpowers with the use of chemicals and then they fought friend and foes to make money to return home so that's pretty much the, their entire backstory, but there you go, the Aquabats.
1: Not all of them though were created by this. One of them, Jimmy the Robot, was actually he's like an android, and he was created by his parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. His father, oh, uh, his father friends. slash scientist Ralph Goodman was was his name, and he created me. And he's also the only Aquabat that has his anti-negativity helmet that's actually a part of his body he's not just like a helmet or a hat it's part of his body yeah and they call him jimmy the robot or james which james stands for jello aquabat mechanically enhanced saxophonist j-a-m-e-s <laughs> james james and he Hummus. has and he has laser fingers <laughs> <laughs> so dumb Another another fun fact about him too is uh during the pilot the shooting of the pilot they painted his his hands silver because like that's what robots have. They have silver hands. And uh <laughs> to this day he claims that the silver not all of the silver has come off of his hands. Therefore fully <laughs> integrating into actually becoming Jimmy the robot. <laughs> it's
0: so dumb.
1: It's true. <laughs> it's all true. But he plays keyboard oh, and, true. and saxophone. All,
0: All right. All right. All right. Well, are there any other songs we should play? I mean, I know we can kind of get into their backstory a bit more or kind of how the band started, which I thought was really interesting.
1: Um, as far as like other songs, I think that are notable, we could probably do, I think Attack by Snakes is a little bit different. Um, a Fight Song, I think is a little bit different. Magic Chicken, I think is a little bit different. The Magic Chicken actually I okay, I do want to play this one because the hi-hat that Baron does in this song I think is absolutely phenomenal and that's the sound that's the hi-hat sound that I wanted in 155 by plus 44 that just like seamless that flawless hi-hat sound instead of that little quarter second silence that he does in 155
0: <laughs> So Magic Chicken right Yeah there it is Magic Chicken just because Jeff wanted it all right. There's Magic Chicken, one of the best songs on the record. It's so dumb, but I love it.
1: So like I I, song. I, I clearly didn't write like on the right song there cuz that um, wasn't the hi-hat part I was talking about. Yeah,
0: it wasn't. I was trying to listen for it. I'm like, "No, it,
1: I don't know what the fuck you're talking about." But I'm glad you That's played fine. it up until like that that breakdown cuz the breakdown is the best part. That makes me like giggle every single time. When I mean, the banjo comes in and oh, the Dueling banjos, yeah. So <laughs> stupid.
0: Do the popcorn
1: chicken
0: do <laughs> <To> the k f c
1: oh so good
0: oh it's 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 a great song and and then the chorus too, I don't know it it's a really catchy song, it's one of the best songs on the record, this I and the eat... cow with two heads the best songs
1: okay okay okay, okay, okay my, okay, my okay, two okay. Faves,
0: my two fish right there.
1: Yeah, and you don't have any stinkers, no? Is that what you? What no, you I don't. Said? I don't
0: have any stinkers. That's good. I really like the the fight song instrumental, though. I, that's a really fun fun instrumental.
1: I think that's but, a. I, I mean, I, I guess in the context of this album, I, I think that's a semi-important song because that's like their surf song, and yeah. it's a really well. They really have a lot of song, surf elements, even though it's kind of goofy. This is like a straight up like surf song.
0: Yeah, that's true. But I I also wanted to talk about. um I was reading like kind of the origins of the actual band itself, not their, not their story, but the when they got together. I didn't even know this either, but uh, the three guy, the three main guys who started the band, they're actually from Brea, which is kind of cool, it's so close to home. But uh, but also when they when they started the band, they they were guys who were going to punk shows all the time, and they were like, why is nobody having a good time? Like, and we go there and everyone's pissed off, everyone's really mean. Why don't we just make form a punk band and play all these shows and just make fun of everybody else who's playing and just to see what happens. And they, they, that was the intention of the band. But then eventually they, they formed the band. They did, they had one practice and then a week later they played their first show at a house, like a house show. And then at the show, they just had like people, just random people or friends come up and just play instruments with them. And they would just kind of play and hang out and have fun. And that was the birth of the Aquabats. Of
1: the Aquabats.
0: And we I, I think that is just so like kinda cool and interesting and just there to piss off the punkers and then they end up just being like a fun loving band and who just want everybody to come on stage and play with them. And that's even how it is to this day. They still have like people from the crowd come up and just like dance around with them and or play instruments and it's so cool. They're they're a really, really cool band.
1: They are, and, and I mean, just going back to like the whole like Brea thing, because that was so close to where we went to high school in Yorba Linda, and kind of grew up in Anaheim area, and so, um, so Catboy, I think Prince Adam, and then MC Bat Commander were the three guys, mm-hmm. and so Prince Adam Adam Debert is trumpet and keys, um, he is actually still the voice of Muno. On Yo Gabba Gabba, I think he's the only one that uh, that voices a consistent character on Yo Gabba Gabba. But oh, okay. In the early days, like he helped write all of the songs because he majored at music in at UC Santa Barbara, and so he helped write like all of the music in the early days of Aquabats. And as of like two or three years ago, his uncle worked as a teacher at Troy High School.
0: Oh no way! Which okay. is
1: like in, I think it's in Fullerton.
0: I think so too. Yeah. But it's a private, it's a private high school. Is it all? Is, is that, that the, the all boys school? I'm pretty sure Troy is the all boys because Modern Day is both. I'm pretty sure. So Troy, I think Troy is the all boys, and then Rosary, is the all girls. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Rosary was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. And then Catboy, also named before, Boy yeah. Terry, he he plays trumpet. But uh, in the early days, his older brother worked or owned like a wetsuit company, and that's where they got all of their early costumes from all like the neoprene suits that they used to wear. From oh yeah. His like older brother. And they, they that's like, that's like the birth of the costume era of the Aquabats. And, um, just as a, as a side note, cause I think his powers are funny. Catboy's powers are the powers of ultra logic and super lips. <laughs> Probably because of the Trump. He plays the trumpets. We got super lips. Yeah. Yeah. But you have just, to have super just lips. Recognize as super lips. <laughs>
0: See, they're just a fun, fun, fun band. A fun fun.
1: Fun bunch fun. Of fun fen, fen.
0: bunch of fun fun. Bunch of fun. But
1: only two consistent members throughout the whole lineup is, is MC Bat Commander and Crash Mix Larson. Or Kristen the bass Jacobs and Chad Larson, the bass player, yeah. yeah. Who used to play Tron? Honestly, like
0: the honestly the two most important members of the band, to be honest. Just saying. Yeah, I would I would say so. I mean it's uh, I mean, since Travis left in ninety eight when he left, or yeah, I think it was '98 when he left. Since he left, I mean, seriously, they've been the only two important, like, musically the two most important members of the band.
1: It's just, it's really interesting to read that, or like read about like their normal lives. Like for instance, Crash McLarson, he's a professional electrician, electrician who lives in Huntington electrician? Beach. Electrician. Electrician. A professional electrician who lives in Huntington Beach. So he just yeah. And then his side just gig a... is is he plays this guy who can grow a hundred feet tall. <laughs> Have you ever watched the, the the Aquabat Super Show?
0: No, I never watched it, but I've always wanted to, but never. I have, have. it on well, DVD. Well, they they just brought it back, right?
1: Yeah, a couple years. The, ago. Like they they I crowdfunded, they series. crowdfunded it
0: back. Yeah, that's kind of cool. But I was also reading like they had like three different TV pilots that all bombed, that they had submitted to networks, and every network said, "No, this is bad. This is not It gonna is work. bad. I mean, it's
1: f- it's awful. It's it's straight up like sci-fi B movie status, but. In, in kind of like the vein of, of Godzilla. But so I, I don't, I just don't think people are, you know, network execs understood the kind of that. the overall lore and everything about them. Because it's supposed to be like that. And that's how Yo Gabba Gabba yeah, kind of point. is, too.
0: It's supposed to be that kind of like really dry, sarcastic humor, but done in like a childish way so they can appeal to children, which is kind of the idea because that's where the money is uh yeah I, do we want to play any other songs off this record um i mean it's up to you should we round it out
1: i mean if, if I you, you want i know you, I know you said you want to play every I'm, song a, i'm, I'm, I'm gonna I'm 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 go through the last i'm gonna go through the last two a, members chainsaw the prince of we, karate that's that's courtney uh, Pollock. he's a, he's a guitarist he has the power of kung fu and woodworking i think those are <laughs> i think i think all of these are very important important important
0: Oh, that's so weird that you said wood. I don't know. It's not really that weird. But I was watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And uh, when, uh, spoilers, when Jake's in jail at the beginning of season five, his bunkmate, the guy from SNL, I can't remember his name, but he he ends up being a cannibal, but he doesn't want to be known as being a cannibal. So he says, I really enjoy woodworking. So throughout the entire two episodes, he constantly says, no, woodworking, not cannibal. Like He pretty much, he tries to correct Jake every Step of the way, of saying no. Wood, I'm a woodworker, so I don't know. That's dumb. But okay, we're.
1: and then okay. So a, a, a couple of things that are that are kind of interesting about Chainsaw the Prince of Karate is um, he used to light sparklers on his guitar and like play on stage with a bunch of sparklers hanging off his guitar that would just go off everywhere. So that's kind of cool. But he now mm-hmm. runs a custom kitchen business in Long Beach. And in 2000, he was gonna re- he was initially gonna retire from the Aquabats, but he did like this uh, this pop up. Uh, guest spot during the vandals what's that christmas thing they do the the formal the
0: the christmas formal
1: yeah Yeah. so the the aquabats opened for the vandals in 2000 for their christmas formal and he popped out to do like a guest guitar thing and he loved it he's like i'm not going to retire and so then spend another like six years with the aquabats because of how much fun he had at that show
0: god can you imagine that well actually it can be a reality but i'm not going to be in town but the aquabats are opening up for the vandals at this year's christmas formal.
1: You're not going to be in town? So,
0: no, i'm going to be in san diego. Is that the weekend so, i'm coming out? I think yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. Why the fuck am the, i not going the, to this? It's
0: the 21st, the december tw- december 21st. But this may sway your th- way whether or not you're going to go because yes the aquabats are opening up for the vandals but they're going to be dressing up as The Cure and only playing Cure songs.
1: I'm still cool with that.
0: (laughs) So there you go. I mean, I would love to, I would go to this in a heartbeat, but I already have plans to go to see a concert in San Diego. So I can't bail on that. So
1: I feel like if I went to this too, fucking somebody else would be so upset or something. Who else would be upset? Probably Ryan. He would say, "Oh, you can't please go to the show. Come out. No, don't hang out. I want to go to the show. I don't want to go to the show. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my God. He yeah. doesn't even like
0: concerts. But anyway, yeah. So so the Aquabats are actually opening up for the Vandals. Damn. Uh, I think it's December 21st. It could be the 20th or 21st. I can't remember exactly what day. That's Whatever that deep. Saturday is.
1: I'm going to go. But yeah. I think we do go it. Go check
0: it out. I've, I've, I've seen the Vandals play the Christmas formal many times, and it's a shit ton of fun. And I'm pretty sure, yeah, Josh Freese said he's going to be there. So he's going to be playing drums. It's not going to be Brooks Wackerman, which is still fun, too. I've seen both. Uh, but Josh will be there playing drums, so toy 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 I wish I was going but I already made plans made plans So There you go which I'm going to talk about because it is music related because I'm going to a concert a good concert Uh what other Okay so we already played the we pretty much played all my favorite songs except for my skateboard That's the only other one we haven't played
1: So Play it
0: I don't know what what, what do you want to do what do you want to Um
1: do? I mean we we've played I mean I think people have the gist of what this album is going to sound like. If if you don't like like the first two songs we played, you're not going to like this album. So, I I mean, I'm cool with just kind of just whatevering, I guess. Uh Captain Hampton and the Midget Pirates, I think is a really funny song. Oh, that one is I, really my funny. favorite line in that song was was he talks about the the Midget Pirates poking our bums. I think that's really funny. <laughs> that, that that gets me every time.
0: It's just I mean, the whole idea, the whole the whole idea of the song and the lyrics are is just absolutely ridiculous <laughs> it's i mean it's it's a 10 year old kid ran away from home he's he's a stowaway on a ship to go fishing and then while they're out out and out on the high seas a ship overtakes them and then come to find out all of the pirates on this sh- pirate ship are all midgets and there's a huge battle that that happens and yeah like jeff said gets poked in the butt <laughs> it's so dumb poking all but it, it was really well <laughs> it was really well done it was really well done good stuff yep yep that's all i really so got if you want to yeah because yeah, like like we said at the beginning there's not a sh- there's not a lot of substance it's just a lot of fun music so can't dive do- too deep into the lyrics and it's scott music you know you can only go so far with scott music but what are we going to rate this album with our three-point rating system so three is a perfect album Two is a good album you're gonna continue listening to and recommend to friends and family and even your enemies. I don't know. Uh one is a bad album, but you should give it a shot just to see how bad it is. And then Zero is hot garbage. Don't even bother, burn it, and hope that it never comes back to life. So what do you got, Jeff?
1: Um, I mean I, I think again, I think this album is fantastic. I think there's so many there's so much lore and so much history and so much going on with the Aquabats that I think Just listening to one album, it's just just not enough. I mean, we're talking YouTube series, fan interaction, lore, their own TV show just came back. Even like Yo Gabba Gabba, which was like the singer's side project, which turned into a huge Nickelodeon hit. There's just so much going on with the Aquabats that just listening to one album, it's just not giving them a fair shake. But if you are going to listen to one album, you might as well listen to this one because it is their best. So I'm going to give it a 2.8. 2.8,
0: Two point eight—that's high. Yeah, that's high. That's really high for this. I I can't give I mean, it a perfect. I, I know three you're just, a ska man,
1: but just because there are several well, songs on here that are okay. So, and unlike I mean, I don't Tyler, think anybody can give this a perfect. Unlike three. Tyler, if I don't particularly like or think a song is perfect, then I I, I can't give it a perfect three. Then
0: you're absolutely crazy. Well, I don't well, really like this album that radio,
1: much, but, but uh, perfect score.
0: Well, this is, this album is definitely not a, not a perfect three for me. Go ahead, give it one
1: point five, and let's move on. I'll give
0: it. I'll give it I'll give it I'm gonna give it a solid two it's a great listen it's one of the the quintessential ska albums to listen to you gotta listen to if you're gonna listen to ska uh it's so much fun the lyrics are fun the story is fun the lore is great the their live shows look absolutely amazing and still to this day I can't believe we've never gone and your whole excuse so I don't have a costume that I don't believe that for a second why but, else
1: would I not go to an Aquabat
0: <laughs> show then? I don't know. I have no idea. It's always boggled my mind. It's because yeah, I have a
1: costume. I don't believe that. I
0: I don't think I'll ever believe
1: that. Okay. I mean, you believe what you want to believe.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I'm. It's a solid two for me. Solid, solid two. Uh, it's so a little low, I,
1: but uh, higher than no, I thought you would get it. That,
0: that's that's where it should be. That's where it stands, even with Travis Barker on drums and. Very greatness of then. MC Bat Commander. I got to give it a two. Solid two. Good album. Recommend it to my friends. It deserves it. So <laughs> There you go. That is it for uh, the Aquabats and the Fury of the Aquabats. Don't forget to go rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Go follow us on social media at Asinine Radio or just send us an email, Radio at com. Thank you all for getting this far into the episode, into the pod, we really appreciate it, especially Jeff. It's true. I don't know why, but he does. I
1: extra appreciate it.
0: He ex, he extra appreciates it. I preach. You preach. We preach. Whatever. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Uh, David, jabbon, David, jabbon, David David Jabba. No. David Jabba. David